Hey guys, what's up? I'm Shama. And I'm Tiffany, and you're listening to Chai Tea Party. This is a podcast about the underdogs, the brave, the creative, and the slightly off in the Daisy community. I know, I know. Yeah, yeah, I'm okay. Yeah, 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 Say it always yeah, right, Journey. Yeah, 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 where we at, man? I know how she at. segment of Brown Girl's Guide to Survival of Loving Your Own Body. So today we have Dureba Khan. She is a writer with Brown Girl Magazine. She actually started writing with them when she was 14, 15, 16. Where did we land on this? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm going to go with 16. That sounds sounds (laughs) (laughs) She was 16 and submitted a piece and didn't quite think that she was going to make it into the group, but they accepted it, they published it, and now she's a writer with them two years later still. So welcome, Thariba. Thank you. I'm so excited to be on the show. You guys are so awesome, and this is an amazing opportunity. Oh, I'm so glad you came. Oh, thank you. That's so yeah. nice. <laughs> so, That's right, girl. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you do? Uh, are you in school? Like, are you, are you still in high school? Are you in college? Where, where are you in the world? So I am currently at UT Austin. I'm studying advertising and double majoring in political communication pre-law. So I Damn. want to work in the legal field. Go you. Um, right? Look at that. That's, God yeah. and love me. This is right? it. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm sure. We're going to put links to her work in the description of this podcast. But if anything, just go read her bio because it's hysterical. That was the funniest thing I've ever, like, I was just laughing out loud reading your bio because it was so much fun. Oh, my God. Thank <laughs> you. It was great. I loved it. <laughs> so talking about, you know, loving your own body, and I think that we talk about this a lot, like, as as just a community, not necessarily just the Daisy community, but now more than ever, you know, there's a lot of movements that are makeup free and um, self-love and self-care and loving your own body type. And I think it's great. Uh, I think that something that Tiffany and I have talked about in the past is that a lot of the times the people that are getting, that are talking more about it are people that have curvier bodies. And um, Tiffany was arguing like, you know, this also falls on the other side of the spectrum where thin girls get called too skinny or anorexic or twig or all these other things. And we forget that there's two sides to it. So why don't you give us some... Um, what is a tip that you have, uh, I guess like your first tip or one of your favorite tips or something that you practice 
that you think is applicable to both sides of this? Um, okay, so, yeah, I've always, so my struggle with weight originally started when I was around, like, the ripe age of, I want to say, like, 12 or 13, and my dad um, is a competitive runner, and, like, my brothers are too, so naturally I sort of got into it, but, like, I had always thought that I was a little bit, I was, I was never actually overweight, it was just kind of the impression that I had, like, I was actually healthy, but to me, I was, like, obese, I was disgusting, and it was even so bad to the point where I had, like, downloaded um, a meal tracker app on my, like, iPod Touch or whatever, like, when that was a thing, and, like, I would limit my calorie intake to 900 calories oh my gosh which is terrible yes yeah because women are supposed to take in like 1500 exactly i may have made that up Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) sorry continue okay that's (laughs) awesome and uh, (laughs) yeah it was pretty bad in that sense i started working out more and i dropped like 10 pounds so Since then on, it's just kind of something I've never really gotten back to, but I feel like it's so important, honestly, like, as you mentioned before, there's much more body um, positive rhetoric that's coming around, um, and I feel like that originally is somewhat biased or catered towards curvier girls. I remember Megan Trainor's song, All About That Base, like, mm-hmm. there was a line in there where she says, like, um, go ahead and tell those skinny bitches that or something like that and I remember listening yeah. to that song and thinking like wow okay this is like um like originally I don't it was originally like oh this is a good song it promotes body positivity and whatnot and my sister who's always been like not she's basically I want to say underweight like where I'm 110 she's like 100 so it's mm-hmm. always been like and she's older than me and I remember her being like very offended at that and she was like you know like why would she say that because People who are skinny also struggle with their body types and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And then another time, a similar incident that occurred was that she like posted a picture and someone had posted on there as a comment, like, go eat a cheeseburger or something like that. Mm-hmm. And that was always always so foreign to me because I had always been on the other receiving end of the spectrum as like the curvier type of girl. So it was honestly a shock. So I'm retracting from the point here and you asked me one tip. <laughs> One tip is that everybody is themselves, and that sounds so basic and so um, normal to say, but you have to really think about it. You are yourself. You know, like, everybody has their own BMI, their own height. Mm-hmm. We're all our own unique people. There are times when you see athletes who will be so skinny, so appear so skinny, but they're at, like, 140 pounds. It's important to remember that everybody's body is wholly unique and themselves, and I know that although it's important to love your body, you have to take care of it. Because sometimes we will hear things and see things that are like, oh, you know, like I threw away the weighing machine in my household, I eat whatever I want now, blah, blah, blah. Which is, that is important. That mm-hmm. attitude is important in that scenario and case. The attitude that, you know, I'm affected by, like these numbers don't define me, which is important. But it's also important to, you know, wake up the morning and search and get your blood flowing, and mm-hmm. exercise, and eat good, and take care of yourself. So yeah, there's my very extensive response <laughs> <laughs> to your question. No, I think that's a really no, but good you're right. point. Yeah. But no, you're right. Um, I think that people just need to take care of themselves and not worry about everyone else. Um, and there are some people who 
work out, you know, eat very healthy, but just can't physically gain weight. And then there's the other people mm-hmm. who eat healthy, work out, and physically can't lose the weight, you know? Mm-hmm. But it doesn't mean that everyone's, like, right or wrong or prettier or uglier, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, once we can all get on that same page to just, like, love everyone, you know? Like, yeah. as idealistic <laughs> as it is, you know? Like, we all are beautiful. And if people are struggling, then it's not your thing to call them out anyway. Mm-hmm. You know, like exactly. whether it is anorexia or obesity or mm-hmm. even just like a smaller um, scale of either of those extremes, you know, um, mm-hmm. it's not up to you, <laughs> you know. So exactly. I think that we should stop body shaming in general. Um, and to go with what we were talking about earlier, um, I remember in One Tree Hill, um, did you guys ever watch it? No, I've I never got it. into it. <laughs> okay. Well, one of the girls in the show, um, they ended up like fast forwarding five years and she opened up a fashion line and their tagline was zero is not a size. Mm. And this show came out when I was in high school and I'm like, zero is a size because I am a zero. So fuck you. Like if this was a real store, I wouldn't shop mm-hmm. it because they're saying that all petite girls shouldn't be loved because they were just born skinny. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. There's a difference between like loving your body and appreciating the, the body that you have. And then, like, that doesn't mean that you have to tear down somebody else's body to make yourself right. feel better. Mm-hmm. That doesn't make any sense. That's such a good point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with Megan Trainer saying, I'm, I'm beautiful, you know, I'm not, mm-hmm. like, um, a skinny girl, but I'm beautiful. Because she is. She's a pretty girl. But mm-hmm. she doesn't have to knock down everyone else who doesn't look like her. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah, I feel like commonly, like, we feel like, like, in, I did debate in high school, and in debate, there's this uh, term, uh, zero-sum affair, where it's basically, like, if you um, subtract somewhere, you have to add somewhere. And I feel like sometimes we apply this, the my inner, like, nerd is coming out. <laughs> 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 you know, like Let it fly. <laughs> yeah. Nerds are also forward about <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so, um, like I was saying, I feel like sometimes we have to, like, um, validate, almost our appreciation for ourselves like for example um just because something someone is pretty doesn't automatically make everyone ugly mm-hmm. um and i think that's important to know but i feel like in high school i was i did debate in high school so my inner nerd is coming out and like <laughs> people watching and we listening to this will be like uh, you suck that debate in high school and i'm gonna say <laughs> it's okay nobody else knows that poor <laughs> Um, we have a term called the zero sum affair like the one thing I remember from today which basically means that if you add somewhere you have to subtract somewhere and I feel like a lot of us take this notion really literally and apply it to our lives so we think that you know like if if someone with long eyelashes is pretty therefore someone with short eyelashes is hideous which is obviously not true so it's important that we are constantly monitoring monitoring pardon ourselves when Mm -hmm. we think things when we say things like what are the repercussions of this um when i say this what does it mean for the opposite of this to be true and obviously like don't calculate everything you say or whatever but just be aware and oftentimes like we will find certain things appealing or attractive and it's important to ask yourself like why is this attractive i feel like this is also a common um debate I, I saw something a lot about this um on the internet but it was like do you guys remember like the Daivala thing that like blew up yeah yeah so people would be like oh he's so attractive and everyone else would be like you know what makes him so attractive the fact that he has light skin and like 
like eyes blue or like eyes. Right. exactly like or it's an again a common counter argument to that is that it's not the fact that he has those features is that he has those features that are so like different from to what we usually see so he's an anomaly therefore he's special and therefore attractive so again you know like we also have to be respectful of other people's viewpoints but at the end of the day, again, just be conscious. Yeah, see, and the the one thing that, this is maybe getting, like, a tad off topic, but, like, uh-huh. when you're talking about even, like, the beauty standard, right? Like, if somebody comes out of the blue that isn't isn't um, what people are used to, and they have one quality or factor about their face or body that stands out, that is, like, the new uh-huh. standard of beauty. For example, Cara Devine, I really love her, and I think she's great, but, like, brown girls had big eyebrows before it was a thing and we Uh were made to feel that thin eyebrows were better so we would be threading that shit down until it was like a fine line and even though Uh like you know my mom used to be like why are you doing that like it's it's too thin and I'm like no 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 this is this is what looks good now because some white girl with big bushy and then with some white girl with big bushy eyebrows comes in and is like nope everyone's got to grow their eyebrows back out like right why is it so immediate that these trends start and then it takes away from the people that it's not like it, it, it continues to grow and becomes collectively like, okay, these are all the things that, I mean, this is also, there's an issue with this as well, but you know, if we take, okay, thin eyebrows were in for a while and then why can't we just add like big eyebrows are now a good thing too, instead of like becoming more accepting and making it a collective thing that we're working on. It's just like, it's a very exclusive it, it moves very exclusively, you know, like now it's in to be I curvy agree. and you can't be thin anymore. Like, what are you supposed to do? Like, what am I supposed to do with my bones? Then, like, this is how I'm structured. <laughs> exactly. I feel like, <laughs> I feel like, you know, I kind of recently realized this, but like these standards are always freaking changing. Yeah. So whether when I aspired to like a certain, you know, like, um, having a structured face was really in, you mm-hmm. know, like everybody's contouring now. And like before, like no, nobody paid attention to it. And just, like thin eyebrows and fake eyebrows and then like silver hair now, light pink hair. <laughs> like you have to realize that there's never actually going to be a solid standard. And mm-hmm. that standard is, it, there doesn't need to be one because it's always going to be subjective. Yeah. So I feel like whatever we see on the runway in pop culture, like we all, all like automatically will assume that it's in. But it's important to remember that, like, you know, like, everybody's different. Everything is different. Everyone looks different, you know? Like, you do you at the end of the day. And, I, you know, I originally had structured this phone call. I know we're discussing body types, and that's definitely important. Mm-hmm. But my focus was primarily with the intention of, like, body hair. So it's important that you bring mm. that up. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I completely agree because I think it's something that, I mean – women are always you're spending all this money on waxing and threading just to remove something or or you know regardless if it's arm hair or extra eyebrow hair or on your face on your legs or whatever other region it's just like it's exhausting it's painful and it's expensive and why do we do it it's just because now that's that's what we are supposed to do right um i remember when i was like about 14 so like my mom is a hairless cat okay she's got like <laughs> I, think, I think she shaves regularly and like that's about it and mm-hmm. like her eyebrows are also really thick but my dad on the other hand 
my dad is the Amazon rainforest jungle, everything <laughs> in between. <laughs> and um, I feel like my sister and I, like we both kind of went off of my dad, mm-hmm. and we've always just been, you know, there's mm-hmm. no way to say it, like Harry. I've just struggled. I've had a really picking brow when I was like. 13 or 14, I remember I had asked my mom, you know, like, can I get it threaded? At least something in the middle. Like, I remember begging her constantly, (laughs) like, can something be done about this thing? And she said, you know, like, you can get your eyebrows done when you're, like, 14 or 15. And, like, like, that was it because, like, she had Mm -hmm. thought, like, I was too young to be influenced by these types of things already. But it was playing such an important factor into my life at, like, the age of 11 and 12. Yeah. And, like, you know, you shouldn't worry about these things. It's, like, those are the, that's the age where we kind of, like, start caring more about our appearance, appearance, pardon, and, like, mm-hmm. what boys think and all of that. So I yeah. I, <laughs> I went to, um, I locked the door to the bathroom. I had, like, safety scissors, and then I just, like, stood in front of the mirror. I got really close, and then mm-hmm. sit, 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 half my eyebrow, I accidentally had chopped off oh. half my eyebrow. <laughs> oh, no. And it was the day before pictures. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, my God. You have photos of this then? Because that's incredible. Uh, no. Oh. I mean, actually, hey, you know what? I can probably find the one from picture day. And, like, God, oh, my that's... God. And, like, I attended an Islamic oh. school, so we had to wear, like, hijabs to school. So uh-huh. there's no way I could, like, you know, like, swap my bangs over it. it or something like that. <laughs> yeah. And so <laughs> I freaked out. I was screaming at my sister. I was like, come upstairs. I need you to come there. My mom was like, you want me to come? And I was like, no. <laughs> and then my sister will walk up and knock on the door and be like, you know, like, what happened? Is everything okay? And I'm just, like, crying. And I'm just like, look. And I point and she just, like, she just gasped. And I remember I, like, lost it. I could not stop crying. And um, <laughs> then my sister, she, um, we, ha- we didn't, we, we had, my sister was, like, 14, so she's two years older, so she, like, recently started wearing makeup, and I remember, like, you know the jewelry for icing? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, like, her most, like, prized possession and, like, her makeup collection was, like, this eyeshadow palette from icing, and, like, the closest thing to black in there was, like, a mixture of, like, sparkly black blue. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. I so she had taken a brush and just sat me down and, like, artistically, artistically just, like, crafted my eyebrow and I just like looked at it it was just like half my eyebrow was sparkling and delicious. Oh my god. Yes. I that night I could not sleep. I was like, oh God, I'm like heart fairy or something now. My mom's totally gonna do it. I'm so dead. And then that morning, um she filled in my eyebrow filled in my eyebrow <laughs> and um, I went to picture day. Everybody at school was like, hey, you know, like, why is your face sparkling? Because I can feel like the fallout from the eyebrow. That was like, <laughs> yeah. every day, like, every minute, like, some would just kind of, like, fall into my face. Mm-hmm. God, it was terrible. And, like, all this time, my mom, she was super wise about it. Like, she hadn't, she didn't say anything. Mm-hmm. But then I remember we were, like, I don't know, it was like, we were buying something for, like, my bedroom or something that I really wanted. And then I was like, you know, like, thank you so much and stuff. Like, you know, you know, because it's your parents are super nice to them. I'm going to get you something you want. <laughs> I was like, thank you, and she was like, okay. She was like, I got this for you, right? And I was like, yeah. She was like, okay, so you have to promise me something in return. I was like, yeah. And she was like, you're never going to mess with your eyebrows ever again. And I was like, <laughs> my jaw dropped. I was like, all this time, I thought I was so like, like getting away with it. Mm-hmm. But when she had said that, like, my life had flashed before my eyes, and I was like, well, she knew all this time. <laughs> That's so, so funny. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, that's when it started. But um, anyway, I retract. 
like a man's perspective on this stuff because it's so it's it's always attached to the woman's side of everything right so I think it's I'm so glad you're bringing this up but yeah continue sorry no you're good yeah definitely that's so important and I remember he said that and I was like like I was so happy for him but at the same time I was like you know like he can do that why can't I do that like Mm -hmm. I wanted to be able to you know like just let it all grow all the rivers (laughs) upon my face (laughs) so (laughs) So, um, and the next week I would go get my eyebrows done. And I think about it over and over again. And I'm just like, why do I do that? And I was like, I made myself feel better. I was like, this is my own preference. Like, this is my choice. This is my decision. I take it off because I like my face being like a certain consistency, super soft. And that's the reason I do it. But deep inside, I know that like, it's because people are going to stare at it, you know? Yeah. Because auntie's think... are going to pull me over and be like, I have a recommendation for you, you know? Like, right. <laughs> $7. <laughs> Yeah, I think that's I think that's a great point to bring up is really figure out what works for you, what you feel comfortable with, what you want to do mm-hmm. with your own body, and fuck the standards. Do whatever you want. If if even if it Definitely. doesn't seem like it's in, maybe you'll be that person to bring it back and to make it a thing exactly. for the rest of us. Mm-hmm. I like that. You do you boo boo. Girlfriend, uh-huh. I have literally never said that in my life. I don't know why I just said that. <laughs> so glad I got to witness the first time you said it. <laughs> this is just, this conversation is just full of firsts. I'm into it. <laughs> right. Um, did you have anything that you would like to add? Or Tiffany, I know that I have you silenced over there, but is there anything else you would like to add? No. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. We need to do a full episode on this, so please come back uh-huh. and talk to us and be our friend because you're very cool. Oh my yeah, god, you guys are really so sweet. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> I've had so much fun. This is cool. Like I've, I actually work for the podcast at my school, like the Daily Texan podcast. So like oh, it's so cool awesome. to be on like the receiving end. <laughs> That's so awesome. 
Yay, podcast yeah, fan. Yeah, a lot of fun. Heck yeah. So, yeah, definitely come back. Where can people read more of your work um, on Brown Girl, or where can they follow you on the internets? Oh, for sure. So um, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram. I am at the Urban Ronnie. Ooh, yeah. Um, right? <laughs> <laughs> and then if you just um, go under staff, you can, um, on browngirlmagazine.com, you can find me. Um, or my work. I also work for the Brown Girl Magazine Snapchat, so add us. Yes. Shameless self-promo, look at me, at Brown Girl Mag. <laughs> Their Snapchat is awesome. They always have really fun stuff <laughs> on there, so definitely add them. We will put all the links to more of her articles and her Twitter in the description of this podcast. But yeah, thanks oh, so awesome. much, dude. This was great. Thank you. You guys are awesome. Yes, Thank man. you. Yes. All right, we'll talk to you soon. Yeah, for sure. Thanks so much for doing this. Honestly, this is so important. And honestly, when I saw like the name of your um, podcast was Chai Chi Party, I literally like mm-hmm. could not sit still. That's hilarious. Oh my gosh! <laughs> <So much. yeah. laughs> thank you. Yeah, thank you so much. So <laughs> clever. Like props to you. I'll be sitting in class and like and like <laughs> advertising in like brand promotion class and just be like Chai Chi Party. That's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because we actually when we came up with the name we're like oh okay this is pretty good like we'll use it as a placeholder and it just it just like kind of stuck <laughs> yeah pretty much really that's kind of like with we're, everything we're like, how do we think of something that quickly like that can't be the final name like no yeah. even uh, like, the, like even we'll our, start to uh, brainstorm all right cool. yeah. and then we just get it like we're like mm-hmm. all right yeah let's do it for everything <laughs> yeah even that our taglines so and our like, closings <laughs> and openings like it's all we've all just again we like winged it completely so it's just kind of worked uh-huh. out uh-huh. in the end Oh, that's awesome. It's hilarious. <laughs> okay, well, have a great weekend, and we will definitely talk to you yeah. soon. For sure, cool. I'm going to go internet stalk you guys now. So Yay, we'll do it. it. <laughs> <laughs> follow us on everything so we can follow you All back. Right, bye. Okay, bye. It's great. Okay, bye, guys. <laughs> See ya. Thanks. Love yourself. Yay. I drink moisturize. <laughs> <laughs> bye. Even if they oh, are yeah. chokes, they will. Sure. I was like, Even oh, if you shit. lose, hope they will. Don't you give them that rope, because they know. You yeah. could be much yeah. more, they know. Yeah. Yeah. You could go higher than we have a tree. Higher than we have a tree. Today, we are talking to the founder of the Network of Desi Acapella Nonprofit, which aims to unify the South Asian acapella circuit as well as promote our culture. Please welcome Sahana. Yay. Hello. Hi, I'm Sahana. (laughs) So a little bit of background so people kind of know where this started. So you and I met through, we were both in acapella groups in college, and um, we kind of met through the circuit, and your team actually became like really good friends of ours through our team. And so I think, like, the last year that we were there, we saw you guys, like, three times in one semester <laughs> just to, like, hang out or be at competitions and singing together. It was great. Of course. And, I mean, it's just – it's oh, it's amazing how many friends you make through acapella and you don't realize it. Mm-hmm. And it's just – like, they become some of your closest friends, and I love it because I'm pretty sure that we drove up to Michigan to see your show. You guys drove down for ours. And yeah. it was just – it was a great experience. I loved it. Yeah, there's something definitely special about people that are within this Aka community. Like, acapella is, like, such a quirky thing to do to begin with. And then if you throw in people of the same, like, cultural background, it's just that much sweeter. 
and I, oh, it's, just, it's so different. I mean, every time I watch these, like, shows, I watch, like, these reruns of, like, I don't remember, it was, like, Gilmore Girls or something, and everyone's like, oh, you were in college acapella? Like, what? That's so nerdy. And yeah. Like, you know what? I take that as a personal affront, because <laughs> I love acapella, and they were definitely the coolest and probably, like, hardest partying people that I knew oh, on the yeah. planet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, as we now know from a New York weekend. Um, <laughs> so... Yeah, so you kind of orchestrated this this organization to um, help promote the circuit because the Bollywood dance circuit is huge. I mean, there are there are organizations that already exist that are like, you know, put into place to help promote them. They're or competitions. so established. Yeah. 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 Definitely. And I think South Asian acapella. You know, we have the staple pen masala, but it's still a relatively new concept for people. You know, people don't really know what it is. I think so. I mean, I, I think it's also great that it's growing so rapidly, so quickly. And I think it's a lot to do with the fact that acapella is so mainstream now with mm-hmm. Pitch Perfect and Pentatonics, like being on the top, like the billboard top, whatever. It's just like, it's it's so great that acapella is being recognized on a more national level. And it's not just, hey, something quirky kids do in college right. or high school. Yeah, exactly. So give us a little bit of background information. So, um... I know that you're from Ohio. Did you were you born and raised in Ohio as well? I actually am not from Ohio. Oh no! Way. I am from well. If we're talking about America, I'm from New Jersey. Okay. Uh, my parents have lived here. And me, I've also lived here <laughs> for uh, twelve years now, or almost thirteen. Oh, okay. uh, but actually, my family like to travel a lot. Um, so I've lived in six different countries so far. Wow. Uh, I was born in Oman. Uh, my dad believed in a global education, and he also had, like, hot feet. Like, he couldn't stay in a place for more than three years. It's kind of a surprise that we've been here as long as we have. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so we lived in, like, different countries in the Middle East for maybe six or seven years, I'd say. Um, moved to India for three years, and I lived in New Zealand for three years, and then we moved here. That's amazing. I had no idea. That's incredible. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> So um, you, like, besides doing all this stuff, you, well, okay, so what made you go to Ohio, first of all? Oh, long, complicated story that ends with Case gave me money. (laughs) Fair, fair enough, yeah. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, no, I was, uh, I mean, I knew that I wanted to go to school out of state, Mm -hmm. Uh, so I guess I started, I I was originally supposed to go to the University of Wisconsin in Madison, Mm. so random, out of the blue, Um, really just kind of visited there when my dad was on this project for work. And I was like, oh my God, I'm in love with this campus. This is where I want to go. I applied, I got accepted. I put down my deposit and then Case was like, hey, so here's some money. And I was like, hey, I'll see you in the fall. (laughs) So it was great. It actually worked out really weirdly because my two best friends from high school had chosen Case separately. Oh. on their own and then oh, when we like really? finally were like okay this is where we're deciding to go and decided on case western and so it was a really it was weird and but it, it was a really great thing and i mean i can't imagine having gone to school anywhere else mm. i i love case i love cleveland and I it was just cleveland. it was a great experience <laughs> <laughs> yeah. i lived there for six years but my heart still lives there <laughs> <laughs> i'm always i'm always i'm always repping cleveland <laughs> Now you are doing your master's, living back out in Jersey, and Mm -hmm. you're also working at an ER, is that right? 
Uh, yeah, so I am doing a master's program right now in biomedical sciences, and I also work as a chief scribe in my emergency room that's, like, close by. Mm-hmm. Um, I started scribing last year, so I took a year off after undergrad. I knew I wanted to go to med school, uh, but I also knew that I needed some time to, you know, buck up my resume. Yeah. So I took a year off just to work as a scribe, and I, like, studied for the MCAT and whatnot, and I did that last year, and then I started my grad program this year. So that grades wise, it could help me out too. <laughs> I think that like one of the very, I mean, one of the cool things it, overall with people that are on this board for NDA is that it seems like everyone on board has a thousand different things also going on. Plus they're doing this and no one sleeps. And like when we do get a chance to relax, really, like no we sleeps. go hard, <laughs> but we like, there's just a group of hustlers and I, what are some of the things that you do to keep yourself on track when you're, you know, because you're leading oh, us, it's, you're trying to like ring, you're a ringleader of 22 <laughs> people. That's insane to me. I mean, I, I always thought I was like, when I first started this, I was like, oh, I can do this. You know, I, I, I ran an acapella group for three years. This is not, it's, you know, it's going to be the same, mm-hmm. but it's just, it's, it's so much different than I expected just because I mean, it's, it's a lot of just like corralling people in the right direction. Mm-hmm. And that just means that I have to be so much more organized myself so mm-hmm. that I can actually be like, hey, you need to do this. We talked about this. You need to do this. Da, da, da. But it's like something that I had to work on a lot through the beginning. And I still think that I'm working on it. <laughs> um, really, just any free time that I get, I just try and jot down everything that I need to do for A3. Um, I'll keep running it past people. So like anyone who's online, we'll just start talking. We'll talk about A3 and then we'll talk about just like the things that we need to do specifically with them and also as like a group as a whole. And it's just gotten to a point where I just have to write things down. Mm-hmm. So once I have it all written down, I feel like I can kind of manage and then reach out to the people at the right times. But it's 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 always on my mind. Like yeah. I'll be in class and I'll be like, oh, I have to do this for A3. And so I'll, like, type it down on the side. And it, it, it's kind of overwhelming because right. it takes over so much of your life. But but really, it's it's hard. And I think it's also rewarding because I have, like, such a great board of people that are willing to listen to, like, the suggestions that I have and, like, are willing to kind of converse with me through this and mm-hmm. work through it. So it, it's been a great experience solely because of the people that I'm surrounded by. Well, talk about like, <laughs> talk about why, what what kind of brought this into your head, and, and how did this really start? Because I didn't come on until a few months after, and you actually already had a board put together, um, so I wasn't really there for the beginning of that. So, can you kind of walk us through like where this idea first came in, and how you started to recruit your first few people? Mm-hmm. Uh, so, well, this really started because I really missed acapella after graduating yeah. from undergrad, and I was like, oh. Um, this is when Illuminati, like the alumni dance team, the mm-hmm. fusion dance team had just started like a year or two ago. And it, it just seemed like such a great way for people who like danced fusion through college to just keep in touch with it. And I was like, I want that for acapella. Mm-hmm. So originally the plan was to start an alumni acapella group, like, uh, like an all-star team almost, just taking the best of the best from all the different teams, putting them together and creating this kind of act. But then it kind of morphed into, hey, why don't we why don't we take this a little bit bigger? And also, I think it may be easier for us to put on an event than get a team together. 
what a joke that was. <laughs> um, but really, so that's where it started. And we, I'd like, and once that idea kind of got in my head, I talked it out with Anoop a lot because we were just having conversations about this. So we're like, why don't we do something? We'll explain to people who Anoop is like, because they're not going to understand if they're listening. So, <laughs> oh, right. Sorry. So um, Anoop and I, we met in undergrad. He was also part of the Macapella. He's one of my closest friends. All we do is listen to music and play acapella songs all the time. Like, we are always in tune with, like, oh, my God, Boca's out. Like, or, like uh-huh. this is what we do. Um, <laughs> and so we were just talking about this, and it was, it was, I mean, it was a crazy idea at first. I didn't think it was realistic. But then I actually started talking to Piyush. Um, mm. And I, I don't even remember how we got connected but we were just talking about it and he was like oh yeah I was um Piyush is also another acapella member on the NDA board um and he was just like oh I was on JHU Kranthi and you know I really want to do something like this like let's start like let's talk about starting a competition Mm -hmm. and so I mean I'd already been having this conversation with Anoop and then talking to Piyush about it kind of just solidified the fact that hey this actually could happen there's so much interest Mm -hmm. like why don't we be the ones to start it because we can always let it be like oh someone's going to do this someone's going to start it Mm -hmm. And it might as well be us, right? Mm-hmm. And I, I like, and we had all these ideas about how we wanted to improve the circuit, just because we've had so many experiences through competitions and events and things of that sort. And we really wanted to find a way to take on all of that experience and make a competition for acapella people run by acapella people. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it started there, and then I reached out to a couple of people that I knew who were in the New York City area because. I figured we're probably going to do the competition here. So I reached out to Prashant and a it's couple of other show, acapella actually. alumni I knew in the area. <laughs> <laughs> and Sorry. it kind of got started that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and it kind of just snowballed from there because we reached out. So so it was like, I think, five of us at the end of the day. It was me, Monica, Prashant, Anoop, Piyush. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it was the five of us. Uh, And we're like, okay, like, let's get moving on this. Let's talk to all the competitions and see if they'd be interested. So we reached out to Avaze first. And that's where we went, met Arjun and Simi. And they were like, wait, oh, my God, we were trying to make Avaze into the national competition. Like, we had this idea going. And this is something we wanted to do. And I was like, that's crazy. Like, I I love that this is already in play, like, that so many people were thinking about it. Mm -hmm. So he's like, wait, why don't we just combine efforts? We'll keep Avaze separate and we'll create a separate like national competition just to, like have more opportunities for people mm-hmm. and then really like one by one we started pulling people that we knew from the circuit from people that we've met through our years in acapella and i guess here we are now <laughs> two months away from the show less than <laughs> oh more my than, god oh. yeah holy cow it's scary yeah it's scary tell us more about the show how did that come to play um what does it entail so right now we have five established competitions for like Desi Acapella. Uh, we have Avaze in Texas, which is happening this weekend. So you guys should tune in tonight. Yeah. Oh, well, not tonight well, not yeah, because yeah. this is going to be later. <laughs> so well, yeah. Avaze in Texas, <laughs> Sagit Sagar in North Carolina, Anahath in California, Gathiro uh, in Iowa, <laughs> and I'm missing one, and it's going to. Boston. Yeah, they in Boston. Oh, okay. Um, so these are the five competitions that are already set up. And what we wanted to do is take the winners of these competitions and kind of face them off against each other in a best of the best way. Mm-hmm. 
because I think that each of the competitions also has a different cross section of teams that applies to them because of you know location and a lot of other factors I'm sure so I thought it would be a great idea to pull from each of these competitions to get the winners to come to New York and battle it out for Mm -hmm. like you know the title of national Desi Acapella champion and I mean it's not a new idea it's been a it's been a established thing in the dance circuit for a very long time. So really a lot of our inspiration and a lot of our structure, we took straight from the dance circuit because they're established and it's working for them. It's so big and it's so successful. We figured why not kind of emulate that and take it over to acapella so we can involve singers in this as well. And so, so that's how it works. Uh, each, so we have five, bids automatic bids so for the people who win first place and then we choose two wildcard teams so any team that is that has performed at any of the competitions will be eligible for wildcard because we also know that you know sometimes you don't always have the best performance on stage but that doesn't necessarily mean that you're not one of like the super great teams Mm -hmm. and so we wanted to take that into play because we know we've had like as acapella alumni we've had bad performances on stage before and like there are a lot of factors that go into it too because you don't know what the judges want and if the judges are looking for something specific you know to account for all of that we're that's why we wanted to let all of the teams who competed in these competitions apply for wild card for a spot uh that will be judged by like 22 acapella alumni so like from our nda board we'll look through this and hopefully with our experience and everything, we can pick two more teams that are, that, you know, are good and worthy of the wild card spots. <laughs> so do the judges decide um, the winners or is it an audience participation voting type thing? I think that we're going to stick with judges for okay. this year. And we really do want, I mean, we want to do an audience fan favorite. I think mm-hmm. uh, we haven't worked out all the details yet. Mm-hmm. We're slowly getting to that. <laughs> Uh, but I think that we're gonna we're gonna stick with judges this year, and our goal is to get judges that are super knowledgeable mm-hmm. about not only acapella in general, but desi acapella because it's such a different style of music, mm-hmm. and I don't think that it can be put into this like category of just overarching acapella. Mm-hmm. So we wanted we wanted judges who are one really knowledgeable about acapella, but also really knowledgeable about how Desi acapella structure works and how like Hindi and Bollywood music and you know all different kinds of Indian music work because that really influences how they're going to judge these teams that are performing so that's what the judges we're looking for judges still uh we have some great people Mm -hmm. lined up and I can't wait to share that with you guys eventually Mm -hmm. (laughs) uh but yeah yeah I I, I'm really excited because I think we have people who are so great and so like well-known in their respective circuits and with their respective talents and I think I think it's going to be a great show that's really being judged by people who know what they're doing mm-hmm. that's so exciting when is it again April 22nd 2017 so mark your calendars yes. uh, and come to New York yeah yeah <laughs> I know I'm trying to convince everybody to come <laughs> it's my 30th Michigan. birthday weekend so <laughs> It's like, hey, you could make a super great tourist vacation out of it. Come see yes. great Desi Acapella one night and then go see, you know, Times Square and all of that the next <laughs> night. I try to make it a point to go once or twice a year. So this year I haven't gone yet. So maybe that'll be. <laughs> the time there you go. April 22nd weekend. Yes. Yeah. What have, what's been like your, uh, well, I'll break this up into two different parts. What's been your favorite thing about being involved in the acapella circuit, you know, for so long now? 
I've said this before and I will say it again and again and again. I just think that acapella is such a family. And I don't think that I've felt like I fit in so well with another group of people. And it's not just, and I think, I mean, acapella in general, yes, but specifically they see acapella. And I know, Shama, you and I have had this conversation a lot. Yeah. Um, but it's just, you know, it's it's about our identity. It's, I mean, we're singers, we're dancers and whatnot, but being a Desi, a person of Desi origin mm-hmm. and being able to kind of pull that together with the American side of me, it, it was really, really great. And... I mean, and that, that's what they see acapella is to me. And it's just a family of people who feel so similarly, who have the same kind of cultural identity. And obviously you're going to meld with them better, right? Because if yeah. you have the same ideals, the same thoughts, it's going to work that it's way. It's easy. So, it just kind of, it, it, it melts right into each other without having to try. Right. And it may be the first time that you met someone. For example, we had our retreat earlier and it was 22 people that we've only been talking through like Google Hangout and mm-hmm. like Slack and these things. And we met in person and automatically all of us just clicked like yeah. that. And I think it comes from the shared experiences and it's, uh, I love it. I love that you can meet someone for the first time. You'll talk about the fact that you were in Desi Acapella together and bam, you guys are best friends. Yeah. I was so. telling, um, well, shout out to Pratik cause now I know he listens to the show, but I was telling <laughs> Tiffany about him. Like, I would have never met him if it hadn't been through this experience and it wouldn't have been if we both had not done acapella music in college and now he's like one of my best friends and I talk to him every single day. And like we just met basically last also, weekend. Also I love Pratik so shout out to Pratik because <laughs> he's one of the most optimistic <laughs> sweet people that I know and uh, I wish I could be like him. Oh he's just like a, a, he just radiates positive energy and love and it's just he's the best person ever. The most amazing thing. Yeah. <laughs> What's been your favorite thing so far about kind of revisiting this this whole life that we had and, you know, and connecting people just around the country What's and, like, creating the competition and stuff like that? I, think, I mean, I think that it's – it was already there, right? Mm-hmm. And I just, like I, – I think that we gave them a channel to be able to connect more. And I think my favorite part of that has just been – like seeing how many people already knew each other through random experiences and then putting them all together. And it just kind of creates this whole mosh pit of love <laughs> um, for acapella. And I, th- I think my favorite part has just been seeing those connections form mm-hmm. and you really can see it happening. Like whether it's through the forum on like the Facebook page or just through competitions and conversations that we've had with different teams across the country. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's so exciting. Yeah, absolutely. And it makes me really excited that everybody else is as excited as I am because I always thought it was a little weird because it's <laughs> yeah. excited about acapella, right? right. Um, but it's it's heartwarming to see that everybody else feels this way as well. Mm-hmm. I like that you brought up that we had talked about this earlier because I wanted to kind of touch on on the fact that Desi acapella in itself is like t- really taking a world of literally like the Desi culture and then acapella music, which is like predominantly white, you know, you don't see too many, um, especially South Asian people doing what we do. So you're kind of bringing in these two worlds together, which is essentially our entire identity. And um, during, we, we just had recently had a board retreat, which Zahada mentioned we did in New York with, I think like only three people weren't able to make it. So there's a big group of us. And one night, Sahana and I were up until like 6.30 in the morning talking about (laughs) (laughs) 
music and and culture and politics and kind of how they all play into it. And I kind of want to revisit it because I think we brought up some, you know, even though it was a drunk conversation, I think we brought up some really valid (laughs) points. Um, Some really great points. Yeah, like it was emotional and I feel like we we solved a lot of the world's problems in like one sitting. (laughs) (laughs) Why does it always seem that it's at six in the morning that we solve all the world's problems? (laughs) Of course. But I wanted to kind of talk about it more because, you know, as you sort of touched on before with your favorite parts about being a part of an acapella group, there is this whole, especially right now, a struggle with people's identity and kind of where they fall into line with what's going on in politics right now. And I think, especially when it comes to people in the arts and people that are creative, um, we're not even typically like a big enough organization of people that we tend to matter to like the community. Um, so I think it's very cool to see like that finally coming together. But this has become so much more than just promoting a hobby. It's about like our culture and our identity and who we are as people and that we're more dimensional than just like, oh, I'm a doctor. Oh, I'm in grad school. I'm doing this or whatever it is. You know, it shows like different sides of us. No, I completely agree. I think that, you know, I've defined myself with a few words before. And it's just, you know, like whenever it comes down to it, I'm south asian but i'm also american i can't just you know i can't put myself in that little hole of hey i'm a south asian woman i'm a south asian american woman mm-hmm. and, and that is the honest truth of it i mean i think that the south asian influences in my life play such a big part in who i am today and the way i portray myself and the values and the ideals that i hold mm-hmm. that like when it comes to expressing it in a way that like, in an art form it it kind of pulls it into a deeper level. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think specifically with, like, Desi acapella, I mean, and it, it makes sound really deep and, you know, a little hard to believe, but, I mean, we, we've, everyone knows that music brings people together, no matter whether you're a dancer, whether you're a singer, no matter what you do, music is such a big part of your life. And I think that for people who sing, singing kind of forms you into who you are. When you find a space where you can meld multiple versions of yourself into one i think that's just it's it's liberating and it makes you feel really really in tune with yourself Mm -hmm. because i mean i love singing and i've been in like white acapella groups since i was in sixth grade i guess and i mean that's where my love for acapella grew and i i loved doing that but i never connected as deeply until I started singing with the maca mm-hmm. and that's such a great place to be in. Just thinking about the fact that all of us who were in that group, we weren't necessarily all Indian. Like, like with the Macapella, we were like, I'm sure that 40% of us were non-Indians. We had people mm-hmm. from Turkey. We had people from <laughs> like Korea. Like we have Joe on our board. It, 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 He's like Filipino. Shout out Joe. Right. And it's just like, <laughs> it spans such a wide range of people and it, it's not just about south asian acapella for like you know you have to be they see in order to right. enjoy it or get some meaning from it it's just it allows people to be more than just one dimensional one like you're, you're not just that one little person mm-hmm. that everyone wants to put you in a box and mm-hmm. you're, yeah. you're okay to kind of break that box and move out of it that's and that's the nice thing is everyone that comes into something like this is very like-minded you know and Along mm-hmm. with that, they are singing is one of the most vulnerable things you can do because your your voice is something that comes from within you and you can't necessarily change it. You can alter it and you can make it a little bit 
uh, cleaner and do things technically that'll make it a little better, but your voice is your voice. And to let that out in front of a group of people where you're all kind of doing the same thing is scary. And I think that even kind of bonds you too, because you're, you're, I think that's why you're most yourself when an acapella group is because you already have that vulnerability. And I think, and I I think that a lot of the bonds that you form have to do with the way acapella is structured too. Mm -hmm. I mean, honestly, if one person screws up, (laughs) that entire thing is screwed. You know what I mean? Right. You have to work together. You have to be so melded with each other that you can, sing something and people will realize hey that's what they're singing mm-hmm. and it sounds like an entire arrangement you don't have instruments you don't have things to back you it's just your voices mm-hmm. which is crazy if you think about it and it just I think that's where you form so many great bonds because you have to use only your voices to create this wholesome picture yeah and you're very much trusting people within your sections or just like having to learn to blend with someone that's such like a metaphor for everything but learning to blend your sound with the person next to you you have to learn like exactly how to keep your mouth like how air is moving out of your mouth and I mean like that's it's you're relying on your team basically in that moment you know when you just break it down with sections then again as like a bigger picture with the whole with the whole team exactly and I mean, I think with just the political climate that we're in currently, not to go too far into politics, <laughs> but I mean, I think that a lot of people do feel a little persecuted and like acapella has always been a safe space for me. Mm-hmm. Just knowing that there are people that think the same way as me, that feel the same way as me, that share a lot of my experiences that I can feel not persecuted, I guess, yeah. uh, in a way. Yeah, definitely. It's, it, yeah. It just feels safe and grounding. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So we went over like all the things that you do. And of course, you have a lot of big things coming up um, in the future with your career and um, the shows and everything. How do you unwind? Like, how do you actually take care of yourself? Like, whether it's going to therapy or like having some type of therapeutical routine. Self-care routine. Self-care I think that the way that I unwind is <laughs> really every now and then I just need a day and and it just means like a day completely off like I won't go to class Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't like pick up my phone I don't answer anything and you know and for me it's honestly just sitting in bed watching Netflix eating a lot of carbs (laughs) (laughs) so that's that's how I unwind and that's what makes me feel very happy and you know it lets me kind of recenter myself before charging into it for the Mm -hmm. next day Mm -hmm. and you only do this one day (laughs) Uh, one day I can't tell you how often that day comes but, but only one day I, I don't think I could live without Netflix so that Same. probably happens on a more daily basis than I'd like to admit but the the complete like unplugged day off only watching Netflix only happens one day in like maybe a month I feel like even if I get a chance to do it that one day I'll feel so guilty by the end of the day that I haven't done anything that like I get anxiety and it's like what if what did I do for 12 hours? <laughs> That's like when you hit 8 p.m. I'm just like, okay. Uh, yeah, if you guys seen, I'm sure you have, like on the internet, we're like, oh, you're watching Netflix and then you're stressfully watching Netflix. Yes. That's me. <laughs> that, that is an embodiment yes. of me. It'll be yeah. like, oh my God, I have so much to do. Shit, I have so much to do. What am I going to do? Let me watch more Netflix. Yeah. Watch and it's almost Netflix, like you, you know? look around, you're like, ah, do I watch the next episode? Fuck it, I'm already here. <laughs> you know, and then you just keep going. 
And then before you know it, it's 3 a.m. And you're like, crap, I need to be at work in five hours. Yes. Okay, I do that so much. And I'll, like, be watching something. And it'll be, like, 1.30. And I'm like, I have to be at work in the morning. What am I doing? Like, this is not going anywhere. It's literally on demand. Right. And I feel so much better about myself when I go to bed at 10 p.m. But then I'm up till 2 watching something. So it's not like I'm actually getting the sleep that I need. So this actually happened to me, like, two weeks ago, I guess. I was at home. So I live about 50 minutes away from home. So I live in my apartment right now. But my parents only live 50 minutes away. And I try to go, like, once a week. Uh, one, to de-stress. Also, just to see my parents and, you know, give them a hug. Um, but it was after one of my big, big exams. And I was just like, I need to go home right now. And so I, like, straight after my exam, I drove home. It was like 9 p.m. and I was just like conked out. And my mom came in at like 9.30 and she's like, are you sleeping right now? Like, what is this miracle? And so she just like, you know, got into bed next to me and we were just like talking for like 30 minutes and we both passed out and it was like 10 p.m. I woke up at 5 a.m. and I felt so good. I was like, I can do all the things in the world. I'm going to go to the gym. I did it. I'm going to do this every day. I got through two days of like sleeping at midnight, and then the next day I was like Netflix at three a.m. <laughs> and I, I couldn't. And it's like you always think you can do it. Yeah. And then you're like, no, I think I'm gonna go back to my old habits now. <laughs> Fair. So one thing we've been asking all of our guests is just to reflect on yourself and just talk about what you love about yourself. So we ask for one physical and one non-physical thing that you want to brag about today. Oh boy. <laughs> um, non-physical thing. I think that I'm a really confident person. And I think I like that that shows through when I do what I do. And I, I may not be confident about it, but I'll still kind of portray myself as that confident, well-spoken and like, you know, person who knows what they're doing. And I think that's helped me go farther in life because even if I didn't know what I was doing, I kind of found it as I was going through it and it, it was I don't know you bullshit your way through it and then <laughs> it works out but I think that's kind of a metaphor for life in general you just have to be confident in yourself and I always think that eventually you'll get to where you need to be mm-hmm. um physically I think I have a great body so <laughs> <laughs> hell yeah you go girl <laughs> hell yes I love when people say things that like most people never say about themselves. Like, mm-hmm. someone said their nose the other day. Yeah. I was like, hell yeah. I'm into that. <laughs> I'm about it. I mean, not that I'm not without my insecurities, but, mm-hmm. you know. But that's why we do this. I like my body, because I so I don't mind admitting it. Yeah, exactly. Right. Hell yeah. Because we should be able to love ourselves. Like, I always just think about that Mean girl scene where Lindsay Lohan's like, well, my breath sucks in the morning. Well, okay, but you should be able to talk about the things you like. You shouldn't have to pick the things that you don't like about yourself just to fit in, you know? Mm-hmm. So that's why we like exactly. it. Exactly. It just makes everyone feel good. Yeah. And I also think that saying something about yourself will make you more confident. Right. There you go. <laughs> you know, and I, think, I, I also think that's, like, kind of something that women in general need to work on. Mm-hmm. You have to not be afraid to be the boss lady. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, you're going to get so much shit for it. There's there's no going around it. You are going to be labeled as a bitch. You're going to be labeled as hard to work with, you know, but sucks to suck for you. You're just jealous of the fact that, you know, I can be confident and know what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. And I think that I think that more people, specifically women, need to be able to take on that role without feeling 
ashamed or, you know, oh, I'm not being feminine enough, mm-hmm. you know. And that bothers me. That's something that really bothers me. <laughs> yeah, because you're going to, I mean, like, being a woman as it is, you're going to get labeled no matter what you do. Mm-hmm. You know, there's no way to win, exactly. so you might as well get what you can out of it and, like, be the best version of yourself and screw everybody else. So it's not going to matter exactly. in the end. And, I mean, that's the hard truth of it. I think that no matter what people say, I think that women have to work harder and have a much higher jump to make mm-hmm. because there's so many preconceived notions about what a woman can do versus what a man can do. Especially women of color. And exactly. So why, why do you want to make it harder for yourself? Mm-hmm. Why do you want to put yourself in that lower position where you're that submissive that people will, you're giving them the opportunity to walk over you and explain things to you that you may probably know better than them. Mm-hmm. So I, I think it's so important to just, Fuck all of that. Be you. If you know what you're talking about, say it out loud. Yes. Mm-hmm. Don't sit there and wait for somebody else to do it. Mm-hmm. And I want to... Oh. oh, no, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. I want to go back just like 30 seconds where you said um, people get criticized for not being feminine enough. It's like the wearing a pantsuit over a skirt kind of thing. Um, but there's so many people oh. that also get like the backlash. Um, like I actually had someone call me out and say, well... <laughs> I had someone call me out once because I was saying, oh, man, then I have to get ready for tonight. You know, I really want to, like, get dolled up. And they said, well, you don't have to do that. And I said, yeah, I know, but it's my choice. I'm just saying that it takes me a little bit longer because I still don't know what I'm doing when it comes to my hair and makeup. <laughs> but I love doing it. And it's fun. It doesn't make me, like, being a girly girl isn't the worst thing either. Like, just because I like to put on makeup and hair doesn't mean I'm trying to impress anyone or... I'm trying to be right. something I'm not. It's, it, I'm it's not doing this to impress me. you. And right. I think that's such a, oh, God, that's mm-hmm. such a base of it. It's like, right. I am allowed to put makeup on to look mm-hmm. pretty for myself. Right. Yeah. This isn't for you. This is for me. Exactly. And, and I, like, like... I agree with you, Tiffany, and just that mm-hmm. you get backlash, whether if you wear pantsuits, you're mm-hmm. like, oh, you're being too masculine. Mm-hmm. If you take too much time getting ready and mm-hmm. wearing a dress, they're like, oh, you're like, you know, taking too much time. You're being such a girl. Like, yes. Okay, mm-hmm. come on. Give us a break here. Right. <laughs> like, what do you want? Like, tell me what you want. Well, I'm not going to do it, so it sucks. <laughs> right. This is but it for probably me. makes and you I feel better telling me what you think I should do. And I, I think that's such a big part of it. I did, I did kind of want to touch on, like, what you were saying about confidence. Is that something that you've just kind of, like, learned to do for yourself over the years? Or do you think you've always kind of been like that? I think I got it from my mom, to be completely honest. Nice. Um, she has always been very, very grounded in herself. And she has... She's one of the most confident people, and I know, and I, and I love that about her. And I think that my mom and I are very similar in that way. Um, and so, really, I, I think I got it from her. And I think there have been so many times in her life where she has been forced to, you know, keep quiet, be more feminine, you know, whatever the case may be. And people have called her out for it. And like, and she's always told me, she's like, at the end of the day, you have to be able to stand on your own two feet. And that's not to say that you can't have a man in your life. And this isn't, this isn't, you know going in the opposite direction where, you know, you have to be a woman, don't like worry about the men, but it's just, no matter what happens, if you can stand on your own two feet, no one can push you over. Like if you're, if you're relying on your partner or your spouse or whatever for the other leg, you're standing on one leg, Mm -hmm. which is so easy for you people to, you know, push you over to let you fall. But if you're grounded, if you can stand on your own two feet, there's no one who can say or do anything that will, you know, that's going to, that's going to push you down, make you feel worse. Mm -hmm. And I think that's really where I got it from. And like, she's always said that to me. And 
it's something that I've taken to heart over the years. And it's something that I have had to go into. I don't think that it was something that I started automatically. I was really shy in high school. Like people labeled me as like the shy girl, which uh, another story for another time. But <laughs> this guy was like, oh, I used to know you in high school. Like you got so much more like extroverted. You were always like the shy girl. And I was like, why do you say that so judgmentally? <laughs> that's like hurtful. I mean, yes, I'm allowed to grow into myself, you know, but that's, that's my point. I think that I had to push myself to be the person that I am today, but I think it came from my mom. All right. So your favorite segment time is, uh... <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, I'm so excited. Game. Yes. And all of our guests love it. And so it's the part of the episode where we play a little this or that type game that we have so brilliantly named this or that. We like to keep it simple. What they tell you I was dumb wrong, huh? That I'm a long way from home, huh? That if I do it, I'll be alone, huh? Well, now I'm coming for the fucking throne, uh? And now I'm coming for your crown, and I'm coming for your doubts and your spouse while well, I'm pulling down a blast and I'm burning down your hat. What you gonna do now? They calling me a brand boy lost. Huh. When I'm done, they gon' love me for these motherfucking brand boy thoughts. Huh. Why they hate? Cause they we have five brain. questions for you, and we are ready when you are. Waffles or steak? Oh, waffles. I'm vegetarian. Oh, damn. But I was thinking that you might be. So, okay, that makes sense. <laughs> Cleveland or New York? New York. Backstage or in front of the mic? Oh, in front of the mic. Okay. <laughs> Pizza or a halal also backstage. Oh. Sorry. It does. No, it does have its. I, I can agree with that. I like the backstage part. It has its benefits. It's exciting. Pizza or a halal cart? Oh, pizza. Pizza, pizza, pizza. Pizza. More pizza. <laughs> yes. Yes. Would you rather have more pillows or more blankets? Oh, that's hard. Uh, blankets. Oh, okay. Blankets. I'd rather have more blankets. <laughs> this is, um... Sorry. Oh, the show. This isn't... No, no, oh, no. Man. But I, I realize that's what it seems like. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's really Like a funny. would you... Yeah, yeah. Would you rather type of thing. I kind of just want to ask and see how she plays that. Oh, okay, okay. okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's like... It could go either way. More. Yeah. You know, like that's an interesting thing too. Yeah. Scrubs or suits? Oh, scrubs, scrubs. Now what are you talking about? Anything. <laughs> so we had we we didn't know how what way this would happen because okay I realized when I wrote it down I was like either the shows because they're both shows or to wear. Oh, ha! Huh. Like, would you oh, rather oh, wear? I, I mean, I think I still choose scrubs. Okay, that's. But fair. I also love suits because then I can't make that decision if you ask me that <laughs> for the TV shows. Fair. Okay. Yeah, when she wrote it down, you like she would just pointed at it, and I I'm thinking the TV show. Mm-hmm. Um. And then uh-huh. she's like, no, 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 to where? I'm like, whoa. That's actually really funny. It worked yeah. out that way. Yeah. Right. And I was like, I'm just going to ask it and then see so... how she takes it. <laughs> they calling me a grand boy lost. Huh. When I'm done, they gon' love me for these motherfucking grand boy thoughts. Huh. Why they hate? Because they bitch by the way that this grand boy talk. Huh. How this grand boy walk and they know this grand boy don't stop. Don't stop. Y'all know. Y'all know. One time for them lost boys, uh, the ones who never made it back home. See, we put it all on the line. Yeah, we did it all on our own. 
Hands up if you a lost boy. What? You ain't ever give a mother what? Keep them up, you a lost boy. We looking at the world like your time's up. Time's up. So you can actually catch the network of Daisy Acapella's first best of the best competition um, in April. We're going to be donating the funds from the show to a group called Little Kids Rock, which provide free music education programs in the United States to the public school system, which, as you may know if you've been watching the news, is the most important thing right now to do. (laughs) (laughs) We will be putting a link where you can actually donate to our um, campaign. And yeah, if you can donate or send other people, that would be great. Okay, Zana, thank you so much for doing this. Thank you. This was so great. No, seriously, thank you so much for doing this for me because I this is uh, I feel so honored and oh. Oh, it makes me really happy thank you so, so much so thank you that's so sweet oh oh can we have you say you guys are so much fun oh thanks so. you're so much fun I can't wait to see you in like two months all right we did it you guys Yay. yes but you're here for more than what they say stay woke even if they are if you like New York City acapella music or confident Indian woke. girls Share this with someone you like. Or don't like. Someone who has some extra cash to donate. Someone who has their feet in two different cultures. Or someone who'd like to attend All American of Oz on April 22nd in New York City. Thanks for listening. Cheers. Cheers. You gon' feel on my depths and I ain't stopping hey till they say up? I'm the I'm best. Sure. Uh, I, I did. I don't know why I cried like blanks for a second. This is just like I like really like words. <laughs> yes, we do that like But if I set myself free and nothing came in between, can't you say what I've been? Confident in you girls. Say that a little more confident. Hashtag cash cow. Hashtag cash cow. That's going to be the title of this episode.